Thanks for joining us for the Connect Podcast. I'm Cole Phillips, the lead pastor of the Connection Church, and every week we're going to look into the Bible to find out how God's Word connects to our everyday lives. It's going to be life-changing. The Connect Podcast is produced every week for your growth and inspiration. You can find all the show notes at makingtheconnection.org. You can also find the podcast on your favorite podcasting service, Follow me on Twitter at Cole Phillips and on Facebook and Instagram. You'll find all the links in the show notes. Now, let's get into the study. All right, I'm so glad that you're here today. We're going to get into this and just want to encourage you as we get into this. Uh, just you know, grab your Bible, grab something to write with. We're going to have a good time and we're getting into a topic that is everywhere today. People are talking about this issue of prejudice and how do we deal with it? What is the best way to deal with it? Is it even possible? Because we know it's ingrained so deeply in so many, so many lives. We're looking at Acts chapter 10, and we're going to be looking at a long passage, uh, verse 1 through 33. And here's what we know about prejudice. Prejudice <clears throat> has existed always. It goes all the way back to the beginning. What is it? What is? What do we mean when we say prejudice? It's prejudging. It means having a, an opinion that you've already decided on, uh, not based on reason, not based on actual experience or the actual even person if we're dealing with people. And we know prejudice is everywhere. It's everywhere in the world. It's in every nation, in every nation's history. It's in every city, state, and neighborhood. It even exists in families, uh, between parents and children, between brothers and sisters, um, and relatives. And and we have uh, there are feelings toward people and feelings against people that are just simply a tragic reality. And uh, there are really two basic reasons. Uh, that we experience this, that we feel this way. And, and, and one of those reasons is that people aren't all the same. People aren't all the same. People are different, right? People are different. Uh, they come from different backgrounds, different beliefs, uh, certainly different uh, skin tones, uh, different shades of melanin, different uh, economics and social status, um, just different in, in the way they look. Prejudice happens when one person feels like they're better than another person. And also, we, we experience this prejudice because of past um, mistreatment. When someone is mistreated by someone else, uh, immediately there's something that comes up in your heart that says um, that you become judgmental. And so this is about behavior, you know, that, that has taken place. And as we get into Acts chapter 10, we see there is a fatal blow that is struck against this attitude, this sin of prejudice. And, and what it shows is that Jesus is the one who wipes out prejudice and knocks down all the barriers and knocks down all the walls 
between people. Because in Christianity, we know, and in the Bible, we, we see that the Jews and the Gentiles are now made one in Jesus. And uh, we want to understand this. I want to give you some background. You got to kind of get into the, the minds of the Jewish people because they uh, had developed their own customs and their own uh, culture and their own laws. And every Jewish child was raised up uh, and poured into in their laws and in their customs. And um, so they looked at people around them with suspicion. But there were two reasons that made their own prejudice run much deeper. And that first was because of the persecution that they had experienced, much more so than other people in the world. Through the centuries, the Jewish people had been conquered by army after army, and by the millions, they had been deported and dispersed all over the world. And even in the time of Jesus, they had been enslaved by Rome, and the thing that held them together was their faith, their religion, and um, the fact that God had called them to be a unique, distinct people who worship the one true and living God. And they had all these laws so to, to focus in on that. They had dietary laws and worship laws and, and marriage laws and, and uh, all of these beliefs and their rules that kept uh, other beliefs out so that they did not get swallowed up and their people and the culture didn't get swallowed up through intermarrying with other uh, people. And so this kept them distinctive as a people. And the Jewish leaders understood this. They knew that their religion and their faith was the binding force that kept them together. So anything that threatened that, anything that attempted to break the laws of their their religion and their beliefs and their nation, they um, opposed uh, very vehemently. And then also, uh, they had misunderstood God's word and God's purpose for them because God had called Abraham and he had said, I'm, I'm going to give birth to this whole nation through you. And the reason is that you will be my people, he said, and you will be my witnesses and my missionaries to the rest of the world. And so God had given the Jewish people his word and his uh, instructions to go to the rest of the world and tell them there is one God, that there is a God, and God is one, and that everyone should worship him and know him and serve him and only this one God. But that's where Israel dropped the ball. Instead of delivering God's word and his, uh, his ways to the world, instead, Israel separated itself from the rest of the world and held on to God as their own and their law, God's law as theirs alone. And so they became separatists from the world. And this led to some major prejudice in their heart. They built up walls and barriers and partitions between themselves and the rest of the world, who they called Gentiles. In fact, they called much worse than that. They called them, you know, people who weren't Jewish. They called them dogs. They had such deep-seated prejudices. 
that they would absolutely have no contact with the Gentiles unless they absolutely had to. And then they had to go through this whole religious washing ceremony in order to be made clean. And they wouldn't even help a, a Gentile woman who was giving birth because that would mean another Gentile was being born into the world. They didn't want to see that. So it was into this culture that the church was born. It was a world of prejudice, uh, of the Jewish person prejudiced against the Gentile. The Gentiles were, were prejudiced against the Jewish people. The Gentiles were prejudiced against each other. So the question is, how would God overcome and break down these walls and barriers of prejudice that had been built up through all the centuries? And how was he going to get his people, his church, to break away from this separatist mentality and go into the world to reach the world? And what we're going to see here is the doors of the gospel and the, the doors of salvation are about to be flung open to everybody everywhere. So everybody would have the opportunity to hear the saving message of Jesus. that They're made by God, that God sent his son into the world, that the world would be saved through him, and that the world wouldn't be condemned. And this passage shows us how God is at work breaking down these barriers and these walls, and he's using uh, this disciple named Peter who um, was able to go to someone outside of the the Jew the Jewish uh, people, uh, it, actually to a Gentile soldier who needed to know God, and God wanted this this man to know him. And this is one of the greatest stories in all of history, and we need to understand it because it shows clearly that God has broken down the barriers and the walls of prejudice between all of us uh, in, in every way. He wants these walls that separate us to be erased in the name of Jesus who came to show us that God wants every person to be a part of his family. He wants every person to be forgiven and to be saved. And um, so we see this prejudice breaking down but that door couldn't be opened until the existing prejudices were dealt with. So we see the breaking down personally of, of um, prejudice in uh, the heart of Cornelius and the heart of Peter. So first we see it is God who can remove our prejudices. And so we're going to look into the Bible. We're going to look at this passage in verses 1 through 8 of Acts chapter 10. If you have your Bible, turn there, check it out. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! Cornelius stared at him in fear and said, What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a, a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier 
who was one of his attendants, and he told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. So who was Cornelius? He was a centurion. He was a soldier in the Roman army, and you know he was actually in this Italian regiment, which means that all the 100 soldiers under his leadership and under his command were from Italy. And Cornelius was stationed there in Caesarea, that was a Gentile city where um, Jew, the Jewish people wouldn't even go if they could help it. But look at Cornelius. He had this reverence for God. He uh, was devout and he was worshiping God and he was seeking after God. He was also very generous um, and, and he gave generously and he would pray. In fact, it's, it says he's always praying, regularly praying, continually praying to God, even though he didn't yet know Jesus. And so he was totally different from most of the Gentiles of his day because he didn't worship false gods. He worshiped and prayed to God himself, the one true and living God. And so he, how, how did he know God? Well, he looked around and he saw creation and he saw that it was God who created the world. In fact, in Romans 1.20, it says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. And so, yes, you can know there's a God just by looking at the wonder uh, and the creativity and the power of creation. But he'd also looked at Judaism, the Jewish religion, and he saw that it was better because they believed in one God and they had these teachings of um, how to live and, and even praying. He picked up those practices. Now, he didn't become Jewish. Uh, he wasn't circumcised, but he could learn from them, but he wouldn't become uh, an actual Jew. There was too much prejudice in his heart, too much division between Gentiles and Jews. And that is goes so deep in people's lives. You know, the things that they learn and the things they start to believe, um, that just goes deep into who, who people are. But Cornelius was given this great vision from God. And so he was praying, and he looked, he focused his attention, and what he saw scared him because he realized there was this angel that was a messenger from God. He calls him Lord, and... Uh, his prayers and his generosity had, had been uh, like an offering to God. Now, they didn't save him because you cannot be saved by your works of uh, your good works, your works of righteousness. Uh, but he was a very good person. But no matter what he did, that's not how you're saved. However, Cornelius sincerely sought after God. His prayers were sincere, his, his giving was sincere, and he wanted to know God. And so God saw that in his life, and God wanted him to be saved because God wants every person to come to a saving knowledge of him. And what we see here is God sincerely, uh, he, he, he goes to those and he sends someone to those people who are sincerely seeking after him, and he'll do whatever it takes to get that message to that person who's really seeking after God, even if that person is remote, out in the deepest, darkest jungle on earth, 
completely isolated, God is going to reveal himself. In fact, Jeremiah 29, 13 is a promise from God that says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so he was to send some people to Joppa where Peter was and ask him to come. Um, he realized he needed more. He realized that what he had been doing was not enough, that, that he knew he was missing something. And so he asked God, what is it that I need? Because there's still this emptiness inside that people feel if they don't know Jesus. And he was obedient to what the angel told him to do. So he sent these two servants and his most trusted military uh, man to go find Peter. And um, he, he would seek the answer to his need from this uh, disciple. Matthew 7, 7, Jesus says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. And so, um, so the Bible shows us that there are people like this who they, they can know God, or they see that there is a God, they seek after that God, and still they haven't heard about the saving news of Jesus. Now, if that's the case, if there are people out there who know God, they want to know him, and yet they don't know about Jesus, that Christian is on you and me. Follower of Jesus, if they don't know, that's because we have not cared enough or sacrificed enough or done enough to make sure that they know. And it's, it's amazing today. I mean, we're 2,000 years in, and yet there are still people who don't know Jesus and Christians, that is on us. That is what we've been called to do. And so we're going to see how this prejudice in uh, Peter is broken down in verse 9 of Acts chapter 10. Let's read this, this passage right here that says, About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry. He wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And this happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Verse 21 Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius, the centurion. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. So 
they they went to where Peter was and they would be coming to him soon, but Peter's heart wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to receive this yet um, because Cornelius was a Gentile, Peter was a Jew, and there was such deep-seated racial discrimination between the two. And so going to each other's homes, that was off limits. And on top of that, there's this spiritual, religious difference that was even deeper in Peter's mind than the racial difference. And Peter was not ready for these Gentiles to approach him and ask him to go visit Cornelius's home, but God was ready, and God is the one who makes the difference, and he can break down this prejudice. And um, so Peter prayed. You know, he prayed many times a day. Uh, he was praying about the sixth hour, which is like noon, straight up noon in the Jewish time. And this was one of three times that the Jewish people would pray. He was such a man of prayer that God could step in and direct his life and give him instructions. And God spoke to Peter at that moment. And even though Peter was the leader of the disciples, uh, he was still just a person. And he still had, you know, issues and sin in his life. Um he still had prejudice as a result of the culture that he was in, and, uh, and he held on to those. In fact, he believed he was right in his prejudices, and he uh, was just wrong, just like all of us can be wrong at different times. And, um, you know, being saved by Jesus and even walking with Jesus, it didn't make Peter perfect. Um, it, he, he still had... Uh, these issues. And, and if God hadn't changed his heart and changed his prejudices, just think that the world would still be lost without knowing Jesus if this divide hadn't have been crossed. And so Peter kind of fell into this trance-like state where he was sort of, uh, he, his mind was so concentrated, he was so focused that he lost all sense of what was going on around him and he was focused in on God, and uh, it was so vivid that uh, he was able to hear from God. This was a vision from heaven, and Peter saw heaven open, and his even though his prejudice was so deep-seated, um, you know, he, he thought he's doing the right thing. He's standing against the, the injustice in the world and the, the, the sin in the world. And um, he had to change his heart. And so there was this, this um, sheet that came down out of heaven. And uh, it was uh, probably white. And, and it had these four corners held by four ropes. It was let down. And it had all kinds of animals. And remember, the Jewish people had this very strict dietary law of what they could eat, what they couldn't eat. And they still kind of follow that today in, in many ways. But the instruction that Peter received was rise up, kill, and eat. And he was like, not me. Is this a test? Are you testing me? Because uh, he knew that there were certain things that, that were unclean that he was not able to eat. And um, a, a true Jew, which Peter had been and was, never ate an unclean animal. Um, <laughs> and so he said, no, I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. 
He never tasted an unclean food. And just the general categories, just just to kind of tell you what those are, um, those are like, um, you know, certainly you know uh, anything that comes from a, a pig, uh, so bacon, ham, uh, any of that is off limits. And also uh, scavengers, you know, so like catfish and uh, and you know things like that that crawl bottom crawlers, which is gross to think about, but they're delicious when they're fried up. You know, um, in fact, I call this uh, vision, I like to sort of call this vision that Peter had, I call it pigs in a blanket because that's what Peter saw. He saw that, uh, that he was able to eat this now. And the, the dietary reasons were one of the reasons that the Jewish people thought the Gentiles were unclean and unacceptable because look at what they would eat. It was gross to them. And uh, that it would also possibly be eating meat that that had been come from meat that was sacrificed to some idol and that was considered idolatry one of the worst offenses that they could have and so there were these strict laws and they were supposed to follow them but um but Peter at this moment he was going through this major crisis of faith because he was going to have to let down some of those those uh, laws, and you think about why did God make those laws in the first place? Um, one, so that they would be distinctive, and also, um, you know, I think for for health reasons as well. And of course, you know, things have changed over time uh, in the way we prepare and cook foods. But back then, it could lead to sickness. And uh, Peter was corrected, and he was told, what God has called clean, you don't call unclean. And so he's trying to figure out what's going on, and these these men show up at the door, and um, Peter's told, go downstairs and receive them, and he obeyed God. He did exactly what uh, God told him to do, and he even brought them into the house and I wonder, I have to wonder that night, it's really funny to think about, like, what did they eat for dinner? Like, once Peter's told, hey, you can eat all this, I mean, I'm thinking, it was it pepperoni? Was it a BLT sandwich? You know, <laughs> what is it they ate? I probably, it was delicious, whatever it was. But then we see, finally, um, that, that uh, there was some lessons that had been learned. And what were the results of this? We see this the next day, starting in verse 23. And let me read the results of this, of all God was doing. The next day, Peter started out with them. Some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said, I'm only a man myself. And while talking with him, Peter went outside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? And Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. 
Send to Joppa for Simon, who's called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we're all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. And so Peter, he took six Jewish believers with him, and he knew he was treading on thin ice by going to these Gentiles, and he knew that he needed some people there for accountability and witnesses to see uh, what what happened. And then Cornelius, you know, he was expecting, he had called all of his friends and his family together. He knew, he had confidence that since God said, hey, send for Peter, that Peter was going to be coming, that God is going to come through on his promises. And, you know, Cornelius, even though he didn't even know Jesus yet, he was already witnessing by bringing people to hear this uh, witness or this messenger from God. And so these were two men that God was working in their life from very different backgrounds. Um, and, and Cornelius had been humbled by this vision, and he was still thinking about that. And, and so he just fell before Peter, just, just out of respect, and bowed before him. But Peter was also acting in humility because God had humbled him too. And so he said, hey, I'm just a man. I'm here to tell you about someone else, someone much greater. And he's going to tell them about Jesus. And um, so Peter knew that there was no person. This is so important for us now to kind of land here and know that there is no person who is common. You're never going to lay eyes on someone who is less than. He knew that Jesus was the one who had wiped out the difference or the distinction between the Jew and the Gentile, and that Jesus had torn down that wall, that that dividing wall between them. In fact, all divisions between uh, races or social status or some you know some uh, social system that would separate one person from another. That means that. Nobody is to treat anybody less than, that we have to treat people with love and care and mercy and forgiveness and concern and compassion. And as somebody made in the image of God, and Peter's own prejudice was erased and and overcome by the power of Jesus, and now this opportunity that everybody could know Jesus was now available. Now, you know, Peter said, he said, it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with a Gentile, but he's not talking about God's law. He's talking about the religious laws. In fact, God says in Romans 10, 12, you know, we read in the Bible uh, where, where Paul writes, there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. And in Galatians 3, for all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now there's therefore no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And Cornelius learned this lesson that if you seek after God, God will uh, respond. And that if you seek after God and when he responds, you need to listen to God. You need to do what he says and open your heart to the truth of the word of God. And, and then Peter was learning that, uh, that God was much bigger 
uh, than, than what he had imagined him and how he had imagined him to be. Uh, that, that Gentiles and people of other races and other cultures were still going to be part of God's church, God, the kingdom of God. And um, this is so important for the development of the church and what's about to happen in Acts as the church moves worldwide. And this move on God's uh, part and, and from God started one of the most revolutionary movements in human history as the gospel spread like wild, wildfire. And the Gentiles, they actually said this to close this out, this passage out. They said, we're all here and we're present before God to hear all things that are commanded of God. And now this door is thrown wide open. Okay. And so we learn here that when God tells you to do something, you need to do it because he's preparing people in our path, even today, even this week. And you might think they're too far gone. You might think they would have nothing to do with God. And yet God is working in their heart and in their life. And God has a mission for your life. And he has people that he's called you to go to. And so we can never think of ourselves as too good or beyond anyone uh, else. And, and we need to be able to go to them and share God's love and share God's truth and share the message of Jesus. And so I know God is equipping you and preparing you to do this today. And uh, we just need to make sure that we see people as God sees them, as people made in his image who he loves and he wants to have a relationship with them. And I hope you'll do that today and uh, carry this with you. And this is the answer to the barriers and the prejudice, uh, the racism and, and the whatever ism there is in our world is the gospel and the good news of Jesus. So we're going to carry that with us today. And I'm going to be praying for you that God uses you in a powerful way to make a difference in someone's life and to extend that invitation, maybe to have someone in your home, certainly to invite them to church and speak up and tell them about Jesus. So I hope you have a blessed rest of the week and I look forward to seeing you really soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you for joining us for this week's Connect podcast. If you liked what you heard, then be sure to like, share, comment, subscribe, rate. We want to spread this good word to everybody we can who needs to hear this message. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to you joining us next week for the Connect podcast. <music>